What's up, everyone, and welcome to the All-Star Comics Podcast, powered by Horizon Comics. I'm your host, Jonathan Cote. Joining me on the panel tonight is... Blaine Longjohn. Roger May. Matt Lubick. And we should note that Johnny Morales is stuck having to be an adult this week. He's got to work tonight. We miss you, buddy. We'll see you next time. Uh, if you're new to the show, we typically uh, have two podcasts that come out each week. One is a review podcast. One is a previews podcast. This is going to be our review. So we're going to be talking about three books from uh, three different publishers, one from DC, one from Marvel. This week, our notable indie will be Image again. Uh, so, uh, And then we have a couple of lightning rounds, and I think we're going to do some news in this uh, particular podcast. So without further ado, let's go ahead and launch into our reviews. This week from DC, we are reviewing Superman number five. It is by Tomasi and uh, written by Tomasi with art from Doug Mankey. And Gleason I'm a, was a story too. Gleason, that oh, yeah. I should give Patrick Gleason some props. Yeah, he's a big part of the story as well. I, I know because I love his art <laughs> so much. You, man. Um, I love this book. I love everything with an S that's coming out uh, from DC right now. Every book with an S on it has been rocking, and I I just love that. Um, I guess let's uh, let's do a little bit of a tag team on what's been going on uh, just to provide some context for the listeners in this book uh, since you and I are, are current on it Blaine um, you want me to start, okay. start up. so this the, this book features the pre new 52 Superman and Lois they came in in the convergence event um, they were pregnant or Lois was pregnant with Superman's child they're married in that that particular uh, iteration um, they crossed over mm-hmm. through the convergence event had Jonathan Kent, he was born, I think, at the very end of it. It was a little two-issue mini-series tie-in thing to that series. Um, and then they did a quick eight-issue series called Superman, Lois, and Clark, which kind of featured uh, them adjusting to life in this new universe. And Superman was kind of being a covert Superman since there was a current one. He, like we had talked about, he was kind of able to... Uh, you know, be a dad, be a husband and work the farm, take care of his kid and kind of would go off every so often to be a covert Superman. New 50 Superman dies. And then this one steps up to the plate and kind of takes over. And so this has been a very father son oriented story. Anything that I missed? No, the, you got it, man. The art starts out in the, uh, you get the eradicator. Oh, he yes. comes to earth. He's, uh, he's, he's Zod's a, creation. He's, he's like a, a, a man, old Superman villain yes. from the nineties. Yes. And they are, uh, he wants to pretty much use the Kryptonian DNA that's in the son of Superman and Superman's DNA yep. to purify the Earth, what it seems like, and rebuild Krypton and all the lost souls that are within it. It's, it's, yeah. it's deep, man. The, it's, the Eradicator is essentially an energy yeah. I, I conduit. Say, conduit. I don't want to yeah. say monster because he, he looks human-ish. Manhunters from Greenland. Yes, but Kryptonian. But it's Kryptonian, awesome. that's... So let's let's throw it to somebody that uh, let's throw it to Matt because okay. he's already grinning. This is a take two, by the way. Uh, <laughs> um, so my issue with this book, uh, as we've gone over before, the art fantastic. Like I was going through, I love the part with the Iron Bat suit. It was great. The, the Eradicator, um, super cool villain. I like the part like where you get all the the panels where the lost Kryptonian souls in them. It's all purple and Superman's in there. Like, oh, what's going on? Who are all you guys? That's cool. Uh, story. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, then they give him like, oh, man, you need to save us, blah, blah, blah. Um, story was cool. I mean, I understood everything that was going on in as, in the issue as it was happening. Um, super interested to actually see where it goes. 
but as a new reader jumping into this i literally had no context of what was actually happening um from it starts off with superman carrying lois and his son to the moon dark side which dark side of the moon um which uh batman has like a secret hidden base over there which is is cool um but (laughs) from like i as a new reader jumping into this like i didn't have a first page of previously i didn't have any dialogue saying i'll give you that one. where they, they should they should have a recap <laughs> so people know right. but i didn't have yeah. a, a dialogue option from lois or anything while superman's fighting the bad guy of saying oh man if only this happened back on earth blah blah, blah. like I, I as a new reader it was really hard to jump in and actually grab onto this issue for what was contextually happening in issue number five so that's how i feel yeah. about it and I, I think mm. this is kind of it's building to a conclusion so I think the next issue is going to be the big penultimate chapter of this story arc I so I, I agree that it's tough to jump in yeah. near near a climax yeah cool mm. issue though all around man yeah. you have you have the eradicator suck Superman up inside of him yeah he's been just John, I guess digesting anything Kryptonian at John, this point John's kind of on you know has to go toe to toe with him a little bit and gets gets into the heat of battle and then yeah. Lois steps up with the Hellbat suit. With the Hellbat man. suit, yeah. which we should mention Lois. Lois has been a primary character in this series. Yes. I, I say father-son story. It's really a family it's story. It's a trio, which, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it, and it's so good. Um, but she gets to kind of have a mama bear moment oh, when she puts time. on the Hellbat yes. armor and just pummels the Eradicator, which is which was great. So, it's Roger, kinda, what did what did you think? I, I loved it. I, I love everything about this book. I mean, right now it's my favorite book in the shop. Uh, it's real close between that and action, yeah. which is which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, I love everything about it. Yeah, <laughs> period. Just love, love, love. That's a great review. Bring the yeah. love. What would you rate it? What, what, yeah. you, what, let's do some star ratings for this one. Uh, four stars. Wayne, I'm gonna go four and a half. I'm I'm gonna go four and a half also, but a really strong four and a half mm-hmm. because I. I I love it. I love it so much. So, as I said before... This is a take two episode, by the way, because we had some technical technical difficulties. difficulties. So, um, if I had any contextual grasp of what was going on, it would be like a four. Because I think the art is great. The story was going on was super cool. All the fight scenes, action. But if I just I need the context as like a new reader jumping into this, not knowing what's happening, uh, I give it two and a half. Just because like if all I needed was like one page. That's all I needed. It hurt, the, it hurt the second yeah. time you said it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it really did. It did. But, you know, I, I, I want to add a little bit more here because, I mean, I, you know, I mean, four is a good score. Yeah. I I think it could have been higher. The one thing that bothered me in this story was Lois being able to put on the Hellbat suit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just it's like, you know, oh, Batman's got, you know, pretty low security protocols for, <laughs> you know, on his dark too. side of the moon Batcave. Because, but, you know, Lois just comes in, she suits up, yeah. and then she's going toe-to-toe with the Eradicator. But, and I'm like... To be okay, fair, okay. It, is hey, oh, it is Lois. It is Lois of all people. She, Maybe she she's knows his password. She's, yeah. That password. She, yeah, she, she is scrappy. In, in the end, I didn't care. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, like you said, it was a mama bear moment. You know, she's going to defend John. Lois thought, is yeah. in the Hellbat suit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Total, so. total afterthought, but I that's totally, a good point. I totally yeah. just let that go. Yeah. I think that so. means that Bruce's tech is super user friendly. <laughs> right. That, that's what it is. All I, like all I had to do is swipe and yeah, open it up. It's like <laughs> iTunes, man. Swipe the screen open. Oh, go ahead and get in. All right. And and um, I, I would recommend, you know, if you are confused, it, there's plenty. We have the back issues right here, Roger. Or Almost. Out? Almost. Right now, right now, the only issue that we can't get is two. I'm Ooh. hoping that it goes back to print. Yeah. 
Um, we have all of the other issues because it's it's it's, solid. it's it's yeah. worth picking. If up. you get the chance to read all five, I would say do it. Yeah. yeah. Even though I give it such a low rating, I, it's it's really cool so far. The yeah. one issue I read. Okay, let's go ahead and um, transfer over to Descender, published by Image 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 Comics. Uh, it's by Jeff Lemire and mm-hmm. Dustin Wen. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is an interesting sci-fi series. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm you're not. I'm not completely current. current. No. Okay, I'll I'll give it a, 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 a kind of a little a bit of a pitch here. Um, it's it's you you kind of hit it on the head earlier. Kind of Battlestar Galacta ish, yeah. but I don't want it to sound like if people have you know any misgivings the premise, about that. Not the, the actual premise. show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's set in the future. It's uh, it's a human robot conflict essentially that's going on. Uh, at one point, these gigantic robots called the Harvesters came and destroyed a lot of the central uh, universal government area. The UGC is what it's called. Um, and there, from that, there was not not just a ban on any type of cybernetic or robotic. Uh, Life, but I mean, people were actively going out and destroying it, scrapping them. Um, it, robots were no longer a friendly thing to to have around. Um, and the protagonist of this whole story is a robot, a very lifelike robot named Tim Twenty One, who is a companion robot. It's a little boy. That's what he was designed to look like. Um, and he was bought and purchased uh, for. Um, a, another little boy that lived on a mining colony where his mom worked named Andy. Um, so while she was off doing mining work, he would kind of keep Andy company. And then something happened. They had to evacuate the mines. Tim 21 got left behind while he was sleeping essentially. And that's kind of where the whole story picks up. Well, the twist. Well, yeah, uh-huh. go ahead. I'll let you, I'll okay. let you tell the oh, twist. Yeah, well, basically the twist of the whole book is that you find out that in Tim's coding as being a robot is uh, he has the code of the harvesters, which claimed millions of lives. And so the whole thing is figuring out why Tim, this nice little boy robot, is part of these killers. Yeah, and so. uh, there's mm-hmm. there's multiple factions of people that are yeah. after him for that reason. So let's let's actually talk about this single issue because this was a an interesting. I've really liked this series. This was the weakest issue for me because of how it was paced, because of the previous cliffhanger. Adult Andy had come into play in this particular story arc, um, and he's he's been looking for Tim, and so there was a lot of action and and things like that that kind of left off to be resolved. And I thought we were going to get more of that this Psych. issue. <laughs> and the majority, probably two thirds of this issue, was about Tim Twenty One's robot dog named Bandit. So yeah, I, I totally have to agree because I, I've turned a lot of people onto this book. We yeah. have for for any any comic in the shop. This has a lot of pulls, and uh, and so I've I, you know I've obviously liked it. I've I'm almost current. I've read the first two trades. But that puts me about three issues coming coming into this uh, into this book, and reading it, I I totally felt like it was bordering on a wasted issue. Yeah. Until you know, it's, I, which really just made me think that that uh, that Jeff Lemire is actually you know using it as a, a you know to pace the graphic novel. I think this issue will probably read much better in the graphic novel when it's all said and done than as a single issue. I absolutely agree. I feel like this was a reprieve 
Um, I think yeah. the next issue that we're going to get is going to, I mean, it, it left off kind of like with maybe an extra couple of uh, pieces of story with the cliffhanger from the last, the previous issue, mm. that it, it looks like the next one's going to be a little bit more of a barn burner. Like there's going to be a lot of stuff happening. So um, I agree. Bang? Yeah, you got something. I, I liked it. Um, there was It was slow. I think that's what you said. It was a very slow issue. There was some stuff that I liked about it. There was, you know, some sentimental moments moments for uh, for Bandit, you know, with the clothes and the boots. I mm-hmm. liked that stuff. But it was very, very slowly paced. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely hopefully building to something. It has to be. Yeah. Which um, isn't. Well, yeah, and that's not really a bad thing. Right. Because when we get, uh, this is kind of, you know, by, by chance, this is actually going to end up being uh, you know jeff lemire week (laughs) (laughs) because uh we're going to be reviewing underwater welder later in the show show, which is also a very you know it's an interesting book and uh, you know a lot of times with you know which is you know a complete graphic novel i think that was only available as a graphic novel didn't come out of comics so you know you have you have pages and pages in that book where it's just scenery it's mm-hmm. it's stuff that's happening and so it sets a mood for you and i think that he probably did the same thing in this comic or at least had the same intent yeah um does it a lot i liked this issue uh it, I, and I didn't like this issue i had uh, <laughs> like i had issues with it but it, i think you it was issues okay with the issue see this is what it would it all the bandit stuff I thought was great. Which really made me mad was the ending where it jumps back into what's concurrent in the book and what's actually happening. Which again, I have, which was I'm, the cliffhanger from the last yeah, issue. Yeah, and I'm with Roger. Like I've only read the volumes, the first two volumes. So yeah. I'm three issues behind as well. So jumping three issues ahead into a conflict where they're literally running for their lives, I had no idea what the. F- is happening. Sorry, I'm gonna edit right. that out. <laughs> um, no, it's okay. And then uh, one, basically, one month, yeah. We'll do that. <laughs> uh, but like, I thought it would have been great if they left it an all banded issue, because it, I thought it would have been up there with like all these silent issues, like the East to West issue, like the Matt Fraction Pizza Dog issue. Like, oh, yeah. it would have been cool. It was not quite silent issue, but it would have been cool. Just like the the silent storytelling, I think, is a really great plot device. And he almost nailed it, but did not. Right. I felt mm-hmm. the same exact yeah. thing that you just said when I was yeah. reading that issue. So that close, ex- but exactly. that's a great point. Because yeah. you're exactly. actually yeah. almost jarred when you, when you jump back, jump back the into yeah. the... Yeah. And it's yeah. like, oh, okay. It's a filler issue. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it was almost good. It was almost good. And, and it, uh, we shouldn't say it's bad by any stretch because the bad. series has been great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one highlight about it jumping back with Bandit and kind of being the focus is we we get filled in on some of the missing time that's true a little yeah. a little bit i'm not saying it was right. it was perfect what happened at the mining colony what happened with the mining colony why his mom and andy mm-hmm. had to leave how bandit basically kind of sat by tim 21 side for 10 years you know waiting mm-hmm. for it. so there was there was a little a little movement yeah. with yeah. with that which was good but at the same at the same time yeah it was it, it, this was a strange issue it, it, it could on, have been great sorry no 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 <laughs> it it touches on that that reflecting theme in this whole series that machines feel man they have a kind oh, of a, a good point. not really a that, soul yeah. but what what is it you know yeah. it's is it programming or is it something within the lines of the code man yeah. Yeah. is there something else there 
Right. And Whether it's love or loyalty or we yeah, don't, we don't because really bandit know. was they would exactly call it. That. I think they'd yeah. call it something else entirely. That is a great underlying thing theme of the whole book is that like, do these robots actually feel? Or is it and just yeah and yeah? Because he he was programmed to be a companion, right? So, yeah, yeah. No, that's a good um, point. So before we before we get to star reviews, I do want to touch on Dustin Wen's art because yes. this book yes. looks wholly unique awesome. to me. Mm-hmm. It's it's a mix of like pencil sketch but water coloring. Yep. So it looks. And, and you can kind of see almost the canvas that he mm-hmm. paints on as the the pages are scanned yeah. for the book. It's yeah. it looks great. It's it, if you haven't just seen his work, pick up the book for for that reason alone. Get the first yep. trade because um, I'm sure it's it's nine ninety nine from Image, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the so, Image and books then twenty percent off, right? Yep. Right. Yeah. yeah. So eight bucks here. Eight bucks yeah. for it's, five it's, issues, and it's a great opening story arc to this whole so, universe that Jeff Lemire created. So. Yeah. Um, Let's go ahead and anybody have anything else, or we you want to do some star ratings? Star ratings. Three stars. Three stars. It is okay. I'm gonna go three and a half. Roger. I'll go three. I'll. Uh, this is tough because I love this series, but I have to yeah. think of it as a single. I'll go three also yeah. because of the the fact that we brought up the whole. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, does it feel? Is it? Does it know? It's yeah. you know that whole thing. It, okay at best. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's not to discourage anybody from picking up the series at all because, like, like you said, I think once the graphic novel comes out, this will play so much better oh, in the graphic novel. Yeah, so. and I actually think you know, back to to Matt's review of the previous uh, comic Superman, you know, I think that anybody who hasn't read this series at all would probably give it a lower grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's, I mean, and there is a previously thing in the in the front of the book. There's a there's a recap page, yeah. but even then, it's um, it's tough. Because it, yeah, it's, I mean, you have, because, yeah. But it's still, there's so yeah. much to love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All Good right. Series. It's, it's a great series. So, yeah, let's go ahead and transfer over to our Marvel book, which is The Mighty Thor number 10, written by Jason Aaron and pencils by, is it Russell? It Russell Dowderman? Russell Dodderman. Yeah. Russ, Dodderman. Russ Dodderman. Dodderman, yep. Yeah. Um, I'm going to let you kind of provide some context for this cool. story. Um, in case you yeah. guys have wondered this time around, we're trying to provide you guys with a little context as yeah. opposed to just talking about the things we love and hate about these books. Yeah, I've read um, all of the new Thor run from Jason Aaron just about until issue three or four of this current, the most current run. So I'm pretty up to date what's how going many, on. How many reboots have they done with uh, Mighty Thor? The Mighty Thor? This is the second one. Yes. Second reboot? So okay. there was eight issues and then this is now at issue 10 for the second part yeah. okay. of it. So oh, it was, it was 25 Marvel. of Thor, God of Thunder, mm-hmm. eight, and then now it's at 10 again. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Go ahead, <laughs> go ahead, so go basically, ahead. if you don't know what's going on, um, and I uh, during the uh, two events ago, what was that? Original Sin, uh, What's his name? Nick Fury said something to Thor, which made him unworthy. He dropped the hammer, and that was a big plot hole that is still not resolved. And basically, they launched a new Thor series where there's a woman who now has his hammer out of nowhere. Basically, the first eight issues goes about how she ended up with the hammer and who it actually is, which I don't think we want to spoil. Do we want to spoil that? I don't know. I, uh, to me, it's, it's almost a, it's almost common knowledge now. Okay. It's, okay. It's yeah. So basically, you find out Jane Foster is the new Thor, and basically this and is her story. Cancer. And she has cancer. And basically, becoming Thor, picking up the hammer, is curing her. But when she reverts back, it's making it worse. Right. Because basically, mm-hmm. the when she when she picks up the hammer, the the hammer recognizes the cancer as part of her body. Right. 
And so it leaves it, but it actually cleanses her, her of all of the chemotherapy that she's been getting stuff. because it's so a, she's good. It's an invader, right? Yeah. It, the hammer doesn't, you know, recognize that it's the chemotherapy that's trying to cure her. So it's an it's a really fascinating little twist that Jason Aaron built in into yeah. this series where, you know, picking up the hammer actually you know swiffens her demise yeah because every time she lets it go and reforms back the cancer spreads further right but um it's a good tale so far about uh who jane foster actually is and what she's made of like as being a superhero so okay pretty cool well i'm gonna <laughs> i i'm gonna do what i do best at marvel <laughs> just be ticked off um this didn't feel like a thor book at all i read when when jason aaron first took over mighty thor um, before before any of this, God bomb, the God, God bomb. bomb with the God butcher gore, eleven issues of epic Norse Viking mythology, a little bit of time travel. I huh. love that story, and this does not feel like anywhere close to that. I'm surprised it's the same writer. So He's cashing a check. Yeah. Oh God. And because I can say like that was a killer story. I love the God Bomb story. One of the best Thor storylines I've even never heard of. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, this. And once again, I'm not current on on most of the Mar- Marvel titles, even with the the previously in issue uh, little recap at the first page. I still was like, what is, is this a Thor book? Cause we had such a lackluster representation of uh, a couple of the villains that are big bads in the Marvel universe, silver samurais in this spoiler alert, who was just the lamest version Lame. or incarnation of that character that I've ever seen. He opened had, doors. Yeah. Right. We had, we had some, some female villain who looked like the gimp from Pulp Fiction that I was like, who are you and why are you a threat? And my dad or whatever. It, yeah. And you want to run yeah, that back down for me? Midas's daughter. Midas's daughter. Who, I think she, she killed her old man. I think so. But then has pieces you know, of him. Yeah. Pieces of him and, and his blood. And she's, and so she has some of her bullets. Uh, she just, she, you know, She's handy with her gun. That's about it. I it's think. a first-rate but Marvel villain. She's <laughs> <laughs> first-rate, but she's got she's got bullets with uh, some of Midas's blood in it. Which you know, if so, if you're shot with it, you'll turn you know, gold. Turn to gold. Right, you'll be a hood ornament. <laughs> um, I want to say, out of the three books we read. All of them were horrible jumping-on points. Yes, because th- I want to say I'll the give you that. Thor. I personally think was the best one to actually jump on because for context purposes through dialogue of some of the characters you had a, a general sense of what was actually happening and why characters were doing what. Now, let me let me disagree. Okay, real I, quick. I got more. Yeah, I yeah, know. Yeah. Let me let me just disagree <laughs> yeah. real quick cuz sometimes I hate how hokey they make the dialogue when they try yeah. to do that. Yeah. And that's how this felt. But they to did me. it. They did it. They did it. And they but had the recap bad. page, but yeah. it just... I Doesn't was, mean it was good, there, but it was. Yeah, they did it. It just was... Because so, I, I just... when I, Even when I got to the issue, I was ready to just throw the book away. Oh, that's what I I'm just, saying, though. I'm trying to get these new readers involved, because if you want to jump on and say, like, yeah. oh, you know, I want right. to pick up some comics. That's I appreciate great, that's I appreciate a, that's, that's a great, great yeah. point yeah. that you brought up, that uh, when a writer has to re-explain every issue what is happening, yeah. you lose the essence of the story you're trying to tell. And um, that's ham-handed writing, man. Yeah. Jason Aaron is a is an all-star, five-star writer. Yeah, yeah I I, I, I've read some of the best, like you said, Matt, Thor comics I've ever read, next to maybe <laughs> J. Michael. 
Oh, that's Jake the Michaels only person I can so think good. of that comes close. Straczynski. His run was yeah. so good. But when you have to keep explaining to everybody what is happening, you can't tell the story that you're there to, to tell. There's right. writers that have this plotted out, and uh, it's just hammy. But, but you, you still have to do it, though. Yeah. You, do, you do have, you have to, to do, do it, it right. but to an extent. Yeah. To an extent. Well, because so. well, there's two ways that you can do that. You, you can, you know, and I think that you can be more subtle in explaining what has come before led to that point. Yeah. But the other thing is just constructing a story that stands on its own. Yes. That yeah. actually advances the story, but can also stand on its own as a good single issue. And I think that that's where, you know, with... When, when writers have a lot of issues that they're trying to read, when they're trying to make deadlines and stuff yeah. like that, that's where it falls by the wayside. When you don't have the time to plot it out and think about it and, and put in, you know, the real the real hard part of writing, which yeah. is, you know, planning, you know, how an issue should unfold and right. addressing those kind of factors. I think you, you won't care what's happening before if it's good. Well, if, see, it's, if it's good enough, I've, I've read books where it's so awesome. I don't know who it is or where, where they're from, and I just, I'm enthralled. Yeah, I have to keep That was Superman for me. Like, yeah. I wanted to keep reading. Let, go ahead and finish your point because I know I'm I interrupted. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. Just, but um, I was to say, like, I read this book and like, I did get the context. Like, I had, I, I haven't read for like, I don't know, six or seven issues now, but I don't know who any of these villains are or why they showed up, but it didn't matter because I understood what was happening in the moment. Same thing with like the Eradicator and Superman. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter. I didn't have the context, but I understood for that issue only. Which it gives you a little more because they Thor kind of explains what, and even um, the Minotaur, he kind of has a few lines that says like, "Oh, how they're he making became fun of these, yeah. in." Mm-hmm. He, he's like being on a leash, and it kind of yes. says how that happened. So I think out of the three books, this one did the best job of giving you a context and something to actually grab onto for being I don't know, probably two or three issues into the whatever arc they're actually on. Mm-hmm. So this will probably be the best one for a new reader to actually get into out of the three. I think personally. Mm-hmm. I so. I could mm-hmm. I could say that I just wouldn't recommend it because I thought the story I wouldn't recommend was, it either. was just mm-hmm. not good and and I hate to be the guy like because I'm not an artist I I, have, I I can I can do a stick figure on my best day so I have a hard time <laughs> making criticisms of that because I'm not there I, I just kind of go by what I like and what's aesthetically pleasing to me if th- if this makes any sense whatsoever yeah. um, I did not dig the art for the tone of this book. It, it just, and this is partially because once again, Jason Aaron's original starting point with, with Thor, Riddick, with Assad Riddick, yeah. well, that's that tough. was so good. And those so shoes are so when tough. You have, when you have the God Bomb story oh. with Assad Riddick on on the pencils in that, and then you come to this, I, it's a different it, story. It's <laughs> what well, it doesn't even. Yeah, it's just subpar to me. Well, you said it. It's not, it doesn't feel like a Thor book. It doesn't at all. I mean, it's, we've got it, shield running else. around. It is pretty, we've though. Got, it, it, I, I agree with you, Matt. I, I can do agree like, that it looks good for yeah. what he's Especially going this for. opening stuff with uh, with this this elf from... Uh, the ant. The light elf, yeah. yeah from the, the only the, thing that's really, like, mythology-wise in this well, book well, is the first a, two It's pages. a callback to the League of, of Realms yeah. with, with the yeah. elf and the night elf. And the, I, I like that stuff. I actually I enjoyed that storyline that Aaron did. The thing that I didn't like that he did was the Roxxon stuff, man. Dario Agger is the Minotaur. He needs to get away from that. I don't like that CEO 
power hungry. You know, we're exploiting the Earth's and resources. This is a Thor book. It's, it's this is a Thor book, and we're dealing with corporate espionage mm-hmm. takeover well, stuff. The agent in the book is the Ross. like, um, yeah, Song. she's like the but the nature hippie of Shield, and she was Thor's <laughs> previously you know Thor's love yeah. interest. Yeah, they had a thing going on for like three issues. for like a three issue yeah. thing that wasn't really even anything. Yeah. Oh God! But she, I want to give a shout out to the colorist though. The colors in this book are fantastic. Yeah, it's a pretty oh, book. I, yeah. I agree with you, Matt. I think this book is way cool. Looking. Colors are better than the art, actually. I think. I, I'll give you that one. Yeah. For sure. Matt Wilson, yeah. Matthew Wilson. Yeah, he's props. Good, good colorist. Okay. Uh, anybody else you want to do some star ratings? Three and a half. Three and a half. Blaine? I'm gonna have to give it a two and a half, guys. In terms of yeah. just it, some hammy stuff, man. Yeah. Books, I, that's books where heavy. I'm at. I'm at two and a half. It's heavy. Two and a half stars. I'm gonna go two because I just it. A lot of hand holding. It uh, when I think, like I said, when I think of God Bomb and I think of this, this is like fit for toilet paper, in my opinion. Whoa. And that I, I, I don't want to be that jerk. No, but I, it's just I, it's Jason Aaron, and I wanted it to be good, and it's just it didn't do I, it. Well, I've heard, I've heard nothing but good about this series from yeah. from most people reading it, well, and, and so and that's where it's hard coming in. You know, not having read any of this series, I read the the previous one, the the Goddess of Thunder, which was really good. That okay. was with going in initially with Jane, you know, yeah, waiting to find too, out yeah. who Jane Foster was. So, you know, I'm nine issues behind on this. I don't know what kind of groundwork's been laid. I do think that it was pretty good at bringing you up to speed, but it didn't do it for me. It actually really surprised me because I had higher expectations. Yeah, and that may be part of the problem. I think. The problem is sometimes is like say like I'm probably the most familiar with the new Thor, so like I'm giving it the highest rating because I think that's I'm also taking into the context of what I've done before, what I've read before. So that's why I gave like Superman the lower score is because like I've only read the one issue, so I think it might be um, you're more tended to want to read it if you're already familiar with right with if you it. have yeah. context it's yeah. it, it always helps so yeah because i mean maybe we should try some books uh that uh n- no one's read any issues of. <laughs> that's gonna be real tough and just because you're judging it purely on yeah. what you read and, and and here's the thing like i i am solely judging this one yeah off of what i read exactly but uh, even if i hadn't read a whole lot of the other two series there would be enough to pull me in to make me want to read more with this i just didn't care the cliffhanger was anticlimactic. Yeah, it, it just it, the it, Superman it, was better. Yeah. So, um, anybody, everybody, good with that one? Yeah. Yeah. Comics, right, man, it's subjective. Yeah, cool. It is. It yeah. is totally. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into a lightning round. Who wants to go first? Do we'll do you guys it. Want to right. jo- uh, you're going to join gonna forces. Yeah, we're, we're going to join forces, right. man. Who, who's got the the counter? Uh, I'll do it. You go. Do it. All right. Tell me when Give to start, man. Uh, you go ahead and start while I pull this up. So, so we uh, we're going to do Batman Telltale. The new game that came out that is like a story-based choose-your-own-adventure. Yep. Story-based Telltale, choose-your-own-adventure, Batman, episode one. Mm-hmm. Five oh. chapters. Six yes. chapters. Six chapters. First chapter, Something in the Shadows, I think is the name of it. Realm of Shadows. Realm of Shadows. Yeah. yeah nice. It, I like it. I uh, basically, it. it starts off with uh, Batman, and uh, he's stopping a robbery, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Catwoman is involved. Um, there's some new villains I haven't seen before, mm-hmm. right? Correct. Like mm-hmm. red, they have like a crossbone style mask on. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very Ooh. tech savvy. Yep. Some Falcone stuff. Falcone's going on. Uh, lots of cool fights. You're doing lots of uh, quick time events. Penguin's different. 
Penguin is different. That way was different. way cool. He's like a tall, skinny, uh, kind of semi British criminal millionaire dude. Yeah, dude. Looking kind of guy. One um, of the uh, stoked that's a different take. It's very different. The, the yeah. explain the, what Telltale is real quick because some people might not know. Walking Dead games. Walking they, Dead games. They did Game episodes, of Thrones, right? Episodes. Monthly episodes. Episode one is out now. There's gonna be five in total, one a month for the, probably the end of the year. They're for the story heavy gamers. Yeah. Okay. There's all you basically do is walk around. So it's really the my kind of Batman yeah. game. Oh, you yeah. love it. The the Waynes are connected to the Falcone crime family yep. somehow, and this and you you find out that Batman big cliffhangers like oh my gosh His my family are corrupt. Worked with Falcone in some way. Yeah. Sacrilege. Well, what? Cobblepot is like <laughs> what? like yeah. like totally different. It's a completely different take on the character. Yeah. It's a little adult too on the dialogue. It's a little is adult. It uh, very. It's it's teen. It's teen, teen. but uh, the first episode uh, specifically is very Bruce Wayne heavy. A uh, little less Batman than you would expect, but it is episode one. Um, eight out of ten for episode one. I'm gonna have to give it the same. I it's enjoyed it quite a bit. Great start to the mm. series. Can't wait to play more. Yep, so, I agree. Cool. Um, if yeah, if you have a PS4, or Xbox One, definitely check it out. I think it's 4.99 for the first episode. 4.99. You yeah. can buy the you can buy five the whole bucks. thing. I think there's like 25. ten episodes for 25 bucks. Yeah, yeah. Good deal. Check it out. Wow. Nice. Good video game. Yep. Batman. If you love Batman. Telltale. Yep. Dude, you guys, right under time. Right under time. <laughs> Excellent job. All right, I guess I'll go next. Uh, I'm going to promote Superwoman uh, from DC Comics. Uh, the first issue no, came you out. Didn't. Yeah. Oh, my God. Is that what you were going to do? Yes. You want to join forces? Let's just All join right, forces. Let's do it. Okay, two yeah, minutes. so two minutes. Um, I loved this book so much. It, 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 dude, Philip Jimenez, kudos to you, man. Kudos to you. Yeah, I mean, this, well, it, no, this is actually good because we were talking about this earlier today. Yeah. And. Oh my God! I was so surprised by this book. Yeah, I had heard, I had heard, you know, a couple good things. It was like, wow, you should check that out. Um, oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. First of all, we should note that the super Superwoman is not just about Lois Lane. No, the majority it's also of this about book, Lane. it's yeah, it's about Lana and Lois in this first issue. And do we want to spoil the end? Blaine's nodding yeah. his head like, do <laughs> it. Blaine's do nodding yes, yeah, um, like, do it. Uh, Lois apparently dies, and so the twist is Superwoman is going to be about Lana, and they have two different sets of powers. Lois is the tank, Lana right. is the energy. The energy manipulation. So, and so. she has a look that harkens back to the '90s red, right. Superman, red, red Superman, Superman Blue, which Superman. was great for me. So, um, I, I totally. I, typically, a twist like that would tick me off. I'm the same way. I'm the same I, way it because it's kind of a so bait and switch. Well. Yeah. It's like you're you're told in the previews that this is you know that it's gonna Superwoman it's yeah. Lois Lane but she's dying yeah you know, like the powers are killing her and I was that was one of the things that turned me off initially because I was like but they're kind of doing, doing that, that with the Thor, Thor story yeah. and it's you know which has been really popular and maybe they're just feeding off that no if if, if you've different. heard that out there it is completely different. The the back and forth between Lana. That's my only thing is I I almost want them to bring Lois back so that they can do more of that. Oh yeah, pick it up, read it. It's worth every penny. Yes, absolutely. And that's it. Cool. Yes, under time for once. Yeah, all right. High five, Roger. High five. <laughs> all right. So now that we've concluded our lightning rounds, we're gonna go ahead and jump into our graphic novel re- review, which this week is the underwater welder by Jeff Lemire, written and penciled uh, by him. And the, uh, oh, <laughs> I was like, what's that look for? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, if, you're, if you're unfamiliar with Jeff Lemire's art, this could be a little jarring for you because it's, once again, he's one of those guys that's, 
unique to say he's the got least. a very interesting style his his you know he he, he doesn't draw people proportionally no. or anything it's very it, everything he does is almost rough sketches yeah um and and sometimes really rough um but it's it's there you know there's not there's not a heavy amount of detail but and we should note it's in black and white there's no color right it is in black and white i you know yeah. if, right okay <laughs> i'll get i'll set it up a little bit yeah since okay. you you're ready to go on this whole thing so go ahead and give us give us like some well, context so. for this um underwater welder is it's a story about a guy who is trying to reconcile events of his past um it's about a guy who's who uh lost his father 20 years ago uh his father on halloween night on halloween night um and 20 years later uh you know he's gone off to college he's gotten married he's he's come back to his hometown in nova scotia uh where his mom and dad lived um and you know he's married he's about to have a baby okay and it's 20 years after his father's uh death and ultimately the story is about him reconciling some some buried guilt that i think that he doesn't even know that that he has Mm -hmm. and one of the things i want to say right off the bat is this this book in the forward this is this is likened to the best twilight zone episode that was never produced um, Damon Lindelof. Yeah. Oh wow, I love him. <laughs> yeah, lost right. Yeah. Uh, producer, creator. So this is this is actually the best way I think to introduce this, and I'm gonna have, because Blaine, you've got an awesome voice for this. I want you to put on your best Rod Serling. Oh my gosh. And, and read this paragraph. I don't think I could ever do him justice. <laughs> I'm just gonna read regular Blaine. Oh, come on. You want a cigarette? I can. <laughs> you know. Picture, if you will, a man named Jack. Occupation: underwater welder. Tomorrow will be Halloween, and while the children in white sheets roam the streets, Jack will be haunted by a different kind of ghost entirely. Because down there, in the vastness of the ocean, deep below where even the light of a blowtorch is swallowed up in the darkness, there is a doorway. And on the other side, memories just as dark, and the cold, wet embrace of the Twilight Zone. Oh, so sick! Yeah. Yes. I love this story. Yeah, I really did. You know, the fascinating thing about this is I I was telling Matt uh, earlier that, you know, it's actually a pretty quick read. I Mm -hmm. I read it this morning with coffee before coming into the shop on a Wednesday. Uh, It took me like 45 minutes. Same. And And it's about 100 pages. Yeah. It's it's, it's not a huge book. I mean, it's probably maybe a half the size of New Frontier. But New New Frontier took me you know like five hours to read i mean that was that's a massive book um this one this one's fascinating and i think that it you know it's a book that you can that you can read really quick and get the story out of but also i think that it's a book that you could intentionally slow down because of the art Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. lemire's the way lemire does his panels Mm -hmm. and his layouts Mm -hmm. and his pacing is is superb and you can you you could you know and i actually look forward to sitting down with the hardcover of this book and taking a couple of hours to go through it just to just to savor the story because it's that good yeah 
things that I like that he. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying. Wow, I, I didn't get a chance to read it, so I want to oh, hear what you guys oh, said. Yeah. Dude, you missed out. I know. One of the, a couple of things that I really liked art wise that he did was he'd start off with a grid and go through uh, like a 12 grid panel, but then the first three would be different, but then the bottom six would be a, a bigger picture of what was... All, all one image. Yeah, all one that, image. That, I, I don't know that why that... Tooth, that was segmented yeah, by the 12 it, panels. Doesn't all of his own I really liked that, because I had... He's one of the first guys that at least that I noticed that did that, and it just made the book unique. Right. It's it a very wise. old school style, yeah. it feels like. So, um... And Blaine, go ahead. You, you haven't said a whole lot about it. Like, um, I know Lemire is like your boy. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, <laughs> my boy. This book does a lot for me because of the father-son dynamic here. This this touches on a lot of things that I can relate to. Um, it, it, it was It's a funny relationship with the son and his father. This is like almost the polar opposite of the kind of Superman and Jonathan oh, Kent relationship. This is a real This is a, this real, is a real life, yeah. gritty. This, is, this has got substance abuse. Yeah. This has got passed down substance abuse it's it's got so many different things it's got relationships it's got this him and his wife fighting is how i fight with my girlfriend that's how couples fight yeah that's real it it, yeah, he it gets does it, it has a very haunting realistic quality to everything relationally and dialogue wise in this book there's a line that he says he says i, I can't remember can't remember my dad's face but that's all he is to me he's details details that don't add up to a man anymore wow. they're just facial features that's deep he gets yes. he gets really <laughs> yeah. deep there's spoilers there's, man there's several there are several moments in here that are super deep and the father the father is someone that you you think that you shouldn't like mm -hmm. but you get him you yeah. understand man. this is a this is a guy who who hasn't made anything of himself ever as a as a father mm -hmm. as a husband mm -hmm. as, as a, a citizen yeah. right you know uh and and he's but he's still he's looking for that he's he's looking for that big score man. big score yeah he's We're gonna a make it rich. He's, he's a diver yes. and even though he's in no nova scotia you know he's he's diving looking for spanish, spanish. treasure yes. they tell mexico says, in cuba he tells his son it's like well there's more of this down in in mexico and these places but there's some here too i know it well would you classify the father as like the villain of the book there's no, no villain no okay no. this is a personal story this is a mind story. Story. This, yeah this is, this is it starts with pressure sickness i don't know if you're familiar with scuba well, diving and underwater well, welding. Explain yeah. why, I mean, it's real quick before you jump yeah. to explain why he's he is an underwater welder. I mean he, he has the connection to his dad diving for stuff and but he he became a uh, he went to college and became an English he major. He was an yes. he, right he was an English major but he said that he could make money doing yeah. that he could actually <laughs> pay, make money. Yeah. Because English That's doesn't funny. pay. Yeah. No, it doesn't. And he got oh, but it well, does. Well my mom Rachel's proof. <laughs> <laughs> but he got drawn back to what is it, Tibbs Bay? Tugs. Tugs Bay. I believe it's Tiggs Bay, Nova Scotia, Tiggs Bay, Nova Scotia. was an actual yeah. real place. He right? get, yeah, he because Lemire's Canadian, and yes. so he's obviously writing what he knows. Mm -hmm. um, but he gets drawn back to this place, and he's, he essentially becomes a workaholic, and he's an underwater welder, as right. the, the title suggests. <laughs> um, Which is, thought. well, back in the day, I actually, I actually almost thought about doing that. I had a buddy who went to the school at Texas A&M intending to go into underwater welding. 
uh, and and I had thought about it a long time ago. It was like the highest paid occupation, but also the one with the highest mortality rate. <laughs> yeah, very dangerous. So oh, wow, nasty. The, the stuff. pressure sickness is. Yeah, I'm not, sorry. Yeah, go ahead and the, explain the that. The muscles yeah. deteriorate. You start losing your your shit a little bit, and you'll die. Yeah. Usually, you don't make it. Oh, is that why they tell you not to come up fast? Well, that's yeah. a big well, part of it. Have, There's different. What happens is when you go down and you you're in a, in an increased pressure environment, mm-hmm. you have the nitrogen bubbles in your system get compressed. Yes. Oh, and they if you come up man. too fast, they expand really right. fast. They don't. They can't work themselves out of your blood vessels, mm-hmm. and so they will. That's what the bends is. The bends is when all of your blood vessels start popping. Because oh, uh, because the gas the gas expands in your blood system. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. it's not yeah. quite yeah. like that. Bad. But he's underwater and he has an episode. Well, he sees something. Yeah. He, sees he sees a diver wow. at the bottom of the ocean that is in old he's out on traditional scuba gear. Right? Not, not even like, scuba is gear. Is there somebody out it's here with me? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he loses time. And spoilers, he ends up losing time a lot. And at one point, he loses time so much that it looks like it's some apocalyptic kind of mm-hmm. nobody's there the rig is all destroyed. yeah and that, that really harkens back to the classic twilight zone where he ends up in this world there's where there's initially it's no people mm-hmm. there's no seagulls he's like it's so quiet and all i hear is the lapping of the waves at the ocean but eventually and oh and when he drives around he well, like he, tries to leave i'm glad that he's like that 70 up. 80 90 miles yeah. an hour trying to he's leave free. and he thought he was free right he thought he was free but he can't escape this town no every time he comes around this bend he hits that sign that says welcome to tiggs bay <laughs> well it all comes so, back to that watch man yeah let, right. and let's let's wrap this up because we're, we're getting close <laughs> um so uh, the most Twilight Zone uh, episodes don't typically have an, a, a good ending or an ending where the main character has any type of catharsis or closure on anything. Mm-hmm. This does. Yep. Yes, it's very heart filled, and he 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 his the whole no, uh, graphic novel is him working through his issues with the past. He realizes he's been looking back so much that he's missing everything that's happening now in front of him. Right, there's a, right no, there's a quote at the end. He says exactly that same thing. He says, I wanted so much, uh, or I wasted so much time looking back that I haven't let myself look forward. And But he finds that point where he can, he can, and that was with the birth of his son. Yes. He can wow. actually start looking forward. Yeah. Amazing book. It's yeah. a beautiful so must book. read. It's a uh, work let's, let's do yeah. let's uh, let's do some star ratings and find out because I I have a feeling I know how this is going to go again. So Roger, star rating four and a half. Four and a half. Wow. Five. Five. Yes. I I'm going to say five also wow. because five. this this is not your typical superhero book. This is not your typical okay. graphic novel book, and I was just so broadsided by how good it was. Must read or must buy. Both, both. Wow, you should both. own it. Have it in your wow. collection. You should, wow. you should own it. Even so though it's, all you listeners, yeah. Even though it's going to be something that I only pick out every so often, it's well worth owning. What, what, what's the price on it? Where, where can they get it? Uh, Nineteen ninety nine soft cover. So here it'll be sixteen dollars. Sixteen. Come get it. You heard it first. Uh, like thirty bucks and twenty percent off that. That's pretty good. All right. Cool. Yeah. Let's go ahead and blow through some news real quick. Um, whoops. I'm sorry. Just dropped there my thermos. Uh, so for a couple of things, uh, news-wise, anybody that follows Invincible by Robert Kirkman and Ryan Otley is going to be sorely disappointed because Kirkman announced today 
uh, Wednesday, this will be airing Thursday, that he is ending Invincible at issue 144. Ryan Otley took a break from art. The co-creator artist uh, was on for the last, I think, six, or has been on for the last six, Corey, uh, Corey Walker. Uh, they've decided that when Otley returns, they're going to do, I think, a 12-issue story arc called The End of All Things, which will end the series. Part of me buys it. Part of me doesn't quite trust Kirkman that much because I know he's pulled things like this before. It's like a literal shot to my heart because this is my new favorite comic. I just, in the past month, read through both con- compendiums. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's like, some inundation right there. <laughs> and so, like, I fell in love with this comic. It is it's, so darn good. It is. Like, so oh if you God. have not read Invincible, you need to yeah, get on that. Now's the time. Now's the time. Catch up. Uh, great book. Everything about it. Yeah. Great book. Um, I'm so uh, sad. In other news, Gabriel Luna is the actor that they cast to play Ghost Rider on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this season. So I really don't know much about him. I'm not familiar with him, but it'll be interesting to see Stoked. how he Stoked. Can't wait performs. for Ghost Rider. Yeah. I, I actually, that I think that's going to be kind of cool. Um, and then some sad news. Kenny Baker, uh, the actor who played R2-D2 in Star Wars, passed away this week. Uh, so our condolences to his family and loved ones. Yep. You will be missed. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, Roger, I'm going to throw this to you because this is this is kind of pertaining to the sales yeah, side the of things. Yeah, the industry stats. Industry stats. This is interesting, guys. Yeah, I wonder, should we break this up or just cover it all now? Let's do it now. Just do it now. It'll okay. be a long episode, guys. You're getting your money's worth this I don't time. have, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't have um, with me right here the, the stats from June. But I, but I can tell you that Marvel dropped about 10% market share, both in dollars and units, in in one month from june to july um the interesting thing here with with the july numbers is we're we're deep enough into rebirth and they've launched enough of the books that it's really started to impact um the sales figures now these sales figures are from diamond and these are sales to comic shops not necessarily end users but this is demand uh that's met by by comic shops which is it's 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 a pretty good indicator. Um, one of the things that you know, I mean, I look at at market share both for dollars and and units um, over the over the past six months. Marvel's had you know forty two to forty five percent. This month they clocked in at like thirty four percent. Uh, 34% for dollar share, 35.6% for unit share. DC, uh, 35% uh, dollar share and 41% unit share. So they're beating them on on both counts. But the most interesting thing here, and and you know, I, I'm not sure that this is going to surprise any of you guys. <laughs> you look at the top 25 books. This okay. is great. This is what I love. Diamond puts out every month. Diamond does you know the top three hundred comics, and and after you you know when you when you get past a hundred, it's like what <laughs> I, I didn't know that was a book, but um, okay maybe one fifty, but uh, <laughs> for the top twenty five books, Marvel has four titles. Wow, Civil War two number three and four, and then Star Wars and Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man. Was number twenty five. I would. I was gonna guess Spider Man because you always gotta have Spider Man. <laughs> well, I don't know. Here's here's what I think the takeaway of, of the numbers is: is if you tell good stories, mm-hmm. 
people are going to buy the books. Yeah. And about if, characters people care about. About characters people yeah. care about. Yep. If you're not happy without the biggest way you can make it known on what you like and what you want more of or what you don't like and want way less of and that a company should stop doing is by what you buy. And what this is telling me is that DC is hitting it on the head right now because people are connecting to the rebirth issues. People haven't been connecting to, and I, I get it. Marvel's always going to have their, their true believers, the diehards and whatnot, but I'm waiting until they fix some things in house before I come, come back and start giving them any of my money again. It's, it's true. Literally put your money where your mouth is. Like I'm the big Marvel fanboy, and like, I'm, I'll admit DC is killing it right now because out of all the Marvel books out right now, I maybe want to read five of them. Uh, DC has and how like, many books are there? Ninety something. Yeah, and yeah. Marvel Marvel ship ninety six. Good. Titans in July. DC ship like sixty three. Wow. I, I I can honestly say I like probably three DC characters like a lot and out of all the books they've been coming out with, I want to read probably six, seven, eight books and I'm yeah. like, wow, this is they're killing it. Well, the other side is, is um, I mean, yeah, they've got four in the top 25. They've only got eight out of the top 40 books. D- DC has 31 of the top 40 books. The only Whoa. other, the only other book to make it in there is Walking Dead. Yeah. But how much can you allude to that, that the fact that they did have a relaunch? Oh, sorry. There's one. They had 30. Betty and Veronica. <laughs> Is in there. Betty and Veronica sold more copies than Captain America. Steve Rogers. What was I saying? Like how how much of this is contributed to just being good books? And how much is contributed to just rebirth being a relaunch? These I'll, aren't number ones, man. I, That's I, true. I, These have been out for a while. Some I, of them are though. I'll give some of them. I'll are, give man. that a little bit yeah, of credence. Just just because yeah, they did have a big uh, initiative recently to draw in new readers. But look at how often Marvel's done it. But they do a shitty. DC did it right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> DC didn't do it right. I will. I will point. say this to back up Matt's point, though. The mm-hmm. other thing that most most articles that you read aren't going to go into this, this aspect is true. Yeah, of of the sales figures, but DC offered retailers one hundred percent returnability on the first six issues. Wow. Okay. That's how number one. That's how confident they were of these books. They put their money where but, their mouth was. Right. But so so you do have retailers that are a lot less afraid to order these books because they can send them back if they don't sell. Having said that, look, I'm not, you know, I'm still not going to just part with my money because (laughs) I can get it back three months later. You know, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, from what I've seen with with Rebirth so far. Uh, I'm happy to take the chance, but it is possible that that's and and I would say the sales are going to be slightly inflated because of the returnability, but probably not near as much as the popularity of the books because of how good they are. Yeah. yeah. So, anything else? No. All right. So as always, guys, if you like this content, um, like, share, subscribe, rate, review. We love you guys for that. Uh, if you want to kind of stay up to date with things, you can like Horizon Comics on Facebook, and you can follow us at or follow Horizon Comics at uh, at Horizon Comics, uh, all one word, at Twitter and Instagram. Um, anything else, guys? Uh, it's HorizonComics.Podbean.com. Oh, that's right. Sorry, yeah. For anybody yeah. that's yeah. not on the iTunes wagon, you can you can get us at Podbean. Uh, 
Thank you guys. That's going to bring an end to a very long episode, an uncharacteristically long episode. You of, got your of, money's of, worth this week. Uh, yeah, you got your <laughs> money's worth this week. So we will see you guys again on Sunday. You guys have a great couple days. How long?